Okay, guys, welcome back to the journey of a black elephant. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you're returning, welcome back. So this is episode one, the LGBT love episode. And in honor of Pride Month, I couldn't let the month end without talking about the community that is close to my heart, the LGBT plus community. I have the entire spectrum in my life. Some of my best friends and family are a part of this beautiful community. And not to mention, I still identify as bisexual. So before I get into my coming out story, let me tell those who don't know what the letters in LGBT plus means, as well as define the difference between sexuality and gender. So sexuality is who you're attracted to, what you're sexually attracted to, and gender is what you identify as, or the biological is what you were born as, right? But what you identify as and what you were born as is two different things, because what you identify and what pronouns you choose to be called, that's what it should be, right? So the full acronym for LGBT is actually LGBTQIA+. And I want to give a brief description of these. Um, And these are not Webster definitions, guys. They are basic and in layman's terms. And just my definition for each. You can go back later and look these up. But please do not hop in my inbox and be like, Carmen, technically. Okay, I get it. So the first letter is L, which is for lesbian. And it is anyone who identifies as a female being sexually attracted to someone who identifies as a female. G for gay is the same thing um, as lesbian, but it's anyone who identifies as a male being sexually attracted to anyone that identifies as a male. Then you have bisexual. Bisexual is a person who is attracted to both men and women. You have transgender, and transgender used to be a blanketed term. Now, transgender is considered someone who identifies other than the gender that they were assigned at birth, okay? So if someone was born a woman and then later on in life figured figured out and decided that they identify as a male, they would be considered transgender or trans for short. Then you have queer and questioning. Queer also was a blanketed term used for anyone in the LGBT plus community. Um, Some people do see queer as a derogatory slang word. So be careful with that. And Q can also mean questioning. Someone that is questioning their sexual identity, trying to find themselves within the spectrum. And then you have I, which is in intersex is someone that is born with qualities of both sexual organs. And then you also have A, which stands for asexual or ally. Asexual is not sexually attracted to either gender. And an ally is someone who fully supports the LGBT plus community and everything that they stand for. Okay. So Starting with my coming out story. So guys, if I'm being honest, I was probably about 10 or 11 when I first knew that I liked girls in a way that was more than a friend. But growing up in a conservative black 
Christian household. I never said anything and I kept it hidden until I was probably about 16 years old. I finally said something to two of the family members that I was closest to, which is my Mima and my cousin. Um, we'll call her Lily <laughs> for this story, Lily. Um, and they both were totally against it. I mean, off the rip, totally against it. One was from a biblical standpoint and the other was just against it, period, flat out. You know, she had her views on homosexuality and it was not in her repertoire to hang with people that were gay. So, and I was really close to the two of them and I couldn't stand for them to feel some type of way about me. So I decided to hide again. And... You know, let me say this. My Mima wasn't going to disown me or anything. And I mean, my cousin told me we wouldn't be as close as we were. But my Mima was like, she would be disappointed and I wouldn't be living the life that she thought I should live. And honestly, her being disappointed was too much for me. I think if my Mima would have accepted it, I just would have went with it and my cousin just would have had to deal. But... You know, I could deal with my Mima being angry or upset with me, but never disappointed. So, like I said, I decided to hide it. And I was only hiding it from my family, being honest, because my closest friends knew. So, you know, there was that. But when I, I would say I was pregnant with Gianni, I was with this girl and we were totally in love. And after my Mima passed, I no longer care what anyone else thought. And I decided I was going to be happy and love myself and love every aspect of my life. And I was really in love with this girl named, well, let's call her Crystal. I was really in love with Crystal. And, you know, we had the dream of settling down, having the house and the dog and the kids and all of that. Um, but that relationship ran its course. Um, and, you know, when it comes to the rest of my family, um, they did get to meet Crystal and, you know, no one said anything out the way to me, to my face anyway. So I was like, huh, okay, this is fine. You know? So after that, honestly, I, I don't think I allowed my family to really meet any other women that I dated or, you know, was talking to or anything like that. Um, not because I didn't want to make them uncomfortable. I just don't think I ever did. But guys, that's pretty much my coming out story. It's not a heartbreaking story. It's not as tragic as some of what my other friends did have to go through. I firsthand seen, you know, one of my friends being beaten because he came out as gay. I seen another friend disowned. And you know, I've never grasped the concept of disowning someone for who they are and for who they choose to love. Like, that is really foreign to me. And, you know, you hear people say, oh, you changed, you're this, you're that. That person doesn't become someone new when they come out. They finally show who they've always been. And, you know, Someone coming out and being able to express who they are, you do see, you know, them in their true element. And you really could have seen it before if you had been paying attention, but whatever. And guys, honestly, if you can't see the heart in a person versus their sexuality, that is something you should honestly look at within yourself and see what's blocking your heart from loving them. 
that's a personal thing, not not a collective thing. But growing up, I would always hear God made Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. And by the way, I've always despised that saying, probably much as I despise the saying, you can't have your cake and eat it too. I've always thought then what the hell am I supposed to do with it? Look at it. The fuck? But seriously, hearing God made Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. For me, I'm like, God created everybody though. What? And, you know, for those who want to get religious on me and say, well, the Bible says homosexuality is a sin. You're right. (laughs) The Bible does say that. But did you skip the verse that says love thy neighbor? Because it definitely doesn't say love thy neighbor unless they're homosexual. The fuck? And we were taught to hate the sin, but love the sinner, right? But I guess some of you missed that day of Sunday school as well. Also, if a person is Christian and is, you know, in the LGBT plus community, their salvation is between them and God. Honestly, their relationship between them and their higher power is honestly none of your business. Let that sink in. And God, let me repeat that. It's none of your fucking business. Worry about yourself, baby girl or baby boy. You know, it's equal opportunity over here. But that's really a thing. People act as if your sins, and I'm doing air quotes, your sins keeps them from reaching heaven. Because when you get to heaven, God not going to call Kayla Marie and be like, what this person do? What? You're not going to get to stand before God and pass judgment off on somebody else. So why are you worried? That doesn't make sense. And, you know, then you you look at this, you know, what I'm saying these are so many social and political standpoints. And, you know, this country really trips me out. Like we're supposed to have a separation between church and state, but we don't. Because when the first settlers wanted to leave England to escape religious prosecution, that was the thing. Then they get here and build a nation with Christian values. If that isn't the most backwards shit I've ever heard in my life. Well, then again, these people thought having slaves was okay, but was battling England for freedom. So actually, never mind. I take that back. They were all for fucking contradictions. But, you know, and let me put this in here too, guys. I do not identify as Christian. I identify as being more of a spiritualist and a black spiritualist is that. Um, however, I do take a lot of different things from a lot of different spirituality practices, and then I bring it all together and you have me, right? But I just, you know, there's so many contradictions with modern day Christians, because honestly, modern day Christians don't follow the rules of the Bible to the T. You aren't supposed to eat pork. Yeah, that's not just a Muslim thing. You are not supposed to eat pork or shellfish. You're not supposed to wear wool, but y'all love some Uggs. You're not supposed to get tattoos or masturbate. And this is all in the book of Leviticus. So here's my question. How do you pick and choose which verse and which laws of God to follow? To me, it seems what's more convenient. I'm really thinking it's strictly convenience. 
And it's like, how do you go so hard against one sin? But you sin about five times a day. Because if it's Christmas time and you're wearing wool, you're eating pork, having premarital sex. Um, what else can we throw in there? Because it's a couple of them. Honestly, if you celebrate Christmas or Easter or Halloween as a Christian, you're not supposed to do anything that has to do with paganism. All of those are pagan holidays. But uh, <laughs> we can circle back to that later. So you have that. And, you know, thanks to modern day viewpoints, it may be a good idea for some of you to go back and read the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. Because that's where a lot of people like to bring up the talking point of homosexuality, that God destroyed this city due to homosexuality. Well, actually, if you go back and read it, it is now it is now being translated that that is, story is actually about rapists and pedophiles. But for someone's convenience, it was translated into homosexuality. homosexuality. So reread that. And feel free to let me know what, what your thoughts on this story now are. Like, read it with an open mind and heart and come back to me because I'm definitely ready to have that conversation, right? But just moving on to how the LGBT is viewed in the Black community. There's so many <laughs> contradictions with this as well, y'all. And, you know, I've heard so many contradictions in my lifetime that I can't even list them all or say them all. But here's some that really like irks my soul and it like makes me like cringe when I hear it. It's okay if my daughter decides to be a lesbian, but my son bet not ever. Or I've heard many men say, oh, two women is cool. I'm cool with lesbians, but two gay men is wrong. How the hell do y'all separate the two? And how do you decide that one is okay because it uh, piques your sexual interest, but the other one is wrong because it doesn't? If you not being a fucking huge ass contradiction, you fucking starburst. Like, it it baffles me. Or guys will find out that I'm bisexual and be like, oh, can we have a threesome? Wait, what? But then I hear them bashing the LGBT community. What? Once again, you huge walking contradiction. And, you know, it's really interesting to see. Like so much is taken from the LGBT community slang. Oh, yes, honey. What's the TV? Or what's the other one that people were saying a lot? No shade. What? How? And then let's not take about, let's not even get into how they dress or down to their mannerisms. The whole, yes, that, y'all cool with that. Y'all are so cool with that. You cool having a gay best friend. You cool getting makeup tips. But when it's time to speak up for their rights, when it's time to accept them for who they are, when it's time to speak up on hate crimes and the killing of trans men and women and the black community kind of falls hella quiet. And let me say this, y'all. 
I don't stay up on maybe as many social issues as I should. But when I have friends in the community come to me and be like, yo, do you know four trans men and women were killed over the past week? It like breaks my heart because where's the hashtag for them? Black Lives Matter, right? Or does it only matter in one realm of this? Like somebody tell me how this works because it's a little confusing trying to keep up. And don't get me wrong. I am for BLM all day, every day. All day, every day. But when we're screaming BLM, are we speaking for our LGBT children, teens, men, women? Are we speaking for our brothers, our sisters, our cousins, our nieces, our nephews, our sons, our daughters? Are we? Somebody let me know. Because if not, we need to understand they need our support too. The same way people all over the world rally for us in these protests that we seen, we need to rally with them when they're seeking support as well. Because I refuse to believe we're going to fight a battle for our collective rights, but turn our heads when it comes to the LGBT community and lead them to fight their battle on their own. And I'm not trying to compare the battles but Black LGBTQ community, they have two battles to fight. A fight to defend their race and a fight for their identity and to love who they want. There are multiple areas, y'all, in our community that needs our attention, but this one has been long overdue. Long, long, long overdue. So honestly, we need to really educate ourselves on the community what some of these words mean, like gender fluid and, you know, trans and all of that and understand the community on this. And we really need to start spreading love and not hate because love is universal. And with everything we have going on, love and unity is what's needed at this time. The divide between, you know, the, the black community and the black LGT community. You know, you see such a divide when it comes to pride sometimes. Like you see white pride parties, black pride parties, like they're already divided within this community that they're a part of and we separate them too. And honestly, I've done it this whole episode because it's such a divide that you have to specify which community you're talking about when in actuality, they all see us under one umbrella. But we're so used to being divided by silly shit. Age, I mean, age, skin tone, sexuality, all of that. We're so used to being divided that we continue to do it. So guys, I'm really kind of challenging you and myself, to be honest, like I need to speak out more. I need to do more as well. Um, but I am kind of charging you guys to become allies for our LGBT plus brothers and sisters and stand with them. Stand with them when they need support. Stand with them when one of our brothers and sisters are killed because of what they choose to identify as. Stand with them when they're trying to get policy change that they need in their everyday life, too. Because, guys, at the end of the day, due to the color of their skin, 
when we scream Black Lives Matter, they're always standing with us. So, y'all think about that and start to self-analyze. Like, I really need to do and see what more can I do for the LGBT community? Because like I said, this in my life, there's so many that run across the spectrum and is very close to home. <laughs> if you can't educate yourself and start to maybe learn and identify and understand how people want to be identified, learn to respect the person, learn to love the person. And we'll be making this up in the right direction. But honestly, guys, that is really all that I have for you for this segment. So, yeah, stick tuned. We're going to do a dedication for Andrea Jenkins. And I'm super excited to do this just because her story is phenomenal and her being true to herself. So stick around and we'll be right back with the dedication. Okay, guys, so welcome back to The Journey of a Black Elephant. Now, we are back with the dedication, but before I actually jump into the dedication, um, my bro, who I've known since high school, we were talking and, you know, it was brought to my attention that seven trans men and women have been killed over the past week. Um, And I don't, unfortunately, have the names of all seven But I did want to at least take the time and honor the life of the four that I do know about. These were posted on Instagram on a page called Black Folk Therapy. And the caption for these pictures say, did you know of all deaths of transgender or gender nonconforming people, 91% of them were black women. So, guys, as I said in the previous segment, this (laughs) this This is our issue. It is our problem. So keep that in mind. But we have Monica Diamond, Dominique Fells, Tony McDay, and Nina Pop. So guys, I just wanted to honor those four. And like I said so far, I think the total count is at seven for this past week. And there's no hashtag for these people. So Black trans lives matter. There is no distinction. There is no separation. It's all unity, all love. Remember that. Also, bro also told me about a documentary that I haven't had time to watch as of yet, but I am going to watch it this weekend. And it is called The Death and Life of Marsha P. Johnson. This documentary was put together by activist Victoria Cruz. Um, And she looks into the suspicious death of Marsha P. Johnson. Um, Her death happened in 1992. And the circumstances surrounding her death was very suspicious to those who knew her. And her friend Victoria decides to look into it and see what was really to her death. So, guys, if you get time, please, please, please go check that out. Um, It's definitely on Netflix. So that could be a weekend, you know, thing that you can do, sit, watch this movie on the life of Marsha P. Johnson. Um, So, yeah, there's that. And also, really quick, 
the Journey of a Black Elephant's producer slash production manager, she did post about our shirts that we have up for LGBT Pride. Those shirts can still be ordered. I'm not mistaken through the next week or so. But she also posted that, let's see, did you know that June was chosen to wow, signify LGBT Pride Month due to the 1969 Stonewall Uprising of Manhattan. Afterwards, the last Sunday in June was deemed Gay Pride Day until the coalition of LGBT supporters declared the entire month of June a Gay and Lesbian History Month in 1994. In 2000, President Clinton took it one step further and decided that the month will be declared LGBT Pride Month. So guys, that's just a little history of how we got to Pride Month, why we have the parades and everything like that. If you get time, definitely go read about the Stonewall Rising and Riots. Um, it happened due to a police raid um, of the Stonewalling. And what led to that is kind of what we've seen recently. There was a lot of riots. Um, it did turn violent and, you know... If you get time, definitely go read into that, all right? So I just wanted to give you guys a little bit of history. And now we're going to go ahead and jump into the dedication, which is on Andrea Jenkins. And if this is your first time listening to the show, let me tell you what the dedication is. The dedication is a segment where I highlight someone who is important in our history or in our modern community. And this dedication, I want to talk about Andrea Jenkins. She is known for being the first Black openly transgender woman elected to public office in the United States. And she's been serving since January 2018 on the Minneapolis City Council from the 8th Ward. Okay. So Andrea Jenkins was born in 1961. And she was raised in North Lawndale, Chicago. While growing up, she was raised by a single mother and she grew up in a low income working class community. It was in her 20s that she came out as gay. And during that time, she did have a child and she was married, but she did get a divorce from her wife. But at this time, she was still presenting as a male. And it wasn't until her 30s that she began to outwardly present as female. At that time, she returned to college where she earned a bachelor's degree and then went forward to earn two master degrees. She also completed the Harvard University's JFK School of Government program for senior executives in state and local government. <laughs> Sus is super educated, right? Over time, she became an American policy aide, a politician, a writer, a performance artist, a poet, and a transgender activist. <laughs> And this is majorly accomplished. She is known for being the first black openly transgender woman elected to public office. And y'all, the reason I decided to do this dedication in honor of Andrea Jenkins is representation matters. It matters. The same way we want to see more black actors in certain roles, the same way we want to see more shows that depict, you know, how we are and you know what I'm saying not just seen as a stereotype the same way we want to see more African Americans in positions of power there's some young girl or young boy sitting at home wondering 
if what they're feeling inside, if they can make it in this world, if they decide to be themselves. Guys, that's Gianni, if you're wondering what that clack clack noise is. But, you know, I think being able to look at someone and say, you're just like me and you made it. Not only in the black community, but the black LGBT community is so important, y'all. It is so important. And like I said, sister's super educated and accomplished in her own right. And she's openly trans. And she's lived in her truth and she's accomplished exactly what she set out to do. She didn't let naysayers or haters or non-supporters stop her. She followed her heart and she's now like this beacon of hope that things can and will get better. She's a symbol that no matter what, be true to yourself and people will appreciate you for it. And people will see you for the light that you are no matter what. I applaud her for her dedication, her strength, her courage, her determination, because I know her journey couldn't have been an easy one. You know, these are the people that I love to watch. These are the people that I love to study because you don't become a mountain without some earthquakes. Right. So I just want to say, like, Andrea Jenkins is definitely the type of person that I try to strive to be. I try to not let people stand in my way. I try to gather my strength and my courage to do what I feel is right. Things that I want to do. And y'all, she's she's it. So that is what we have for the dedication. And. You know, if you guys get a chance over the next week or so, please, 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 please watch that documentary. And there's actually a whole section on Netflix that you can watch. Do that. You know, read up on some some people in the community that's making a difference in the LGBT plus community, as well as reach out. Reach out. So that is all that I have for the dedication. Guys. We actually have one more segment that we decided to do for this. I have two people that are very close to my heart that are going to um, give you their coming out stories coming out next. So stay tuned to The Journey of a Black Elephant. All right, guys. So instead of doing the Less Evolved segment or doing the Um, pop culture segment that we have added in for season three. I decided to highlight the producer of The Journey of a Black Elephant, Shaquille, here for another coming out story. Um, I've known Shaquille since we were 16 years old, and she's been one of my best friends ever since. I love her to death, and her viewpoint and opinion is so valid, and it is so needed, and it's so filled with love and her own journey through her coming out, um, that I definitely wanted to add this in. And then after this, it will be, you know, the journey's final thoughts for the week. So stay tuned and we'll be right back. Hey guys, my name is Quill. I'm actually a producer here at the Journey of a Black Elephant podcast. Um, here to share my coming out story. I am a lesbian. I've identified as a lesbian since I was about, gosh, at least since about birth. Um, but this particular coming out story happened when I was 15. 
a little background. Um, I was in a long distance relationship. This was my first love. I lived here in Georgia and she lived a couple of, uh, a couple of states over. Uh, we were together about five to six months at this time. Um, relationship was going good, but eventually she got tired of the distance. She was a little bit older than me. Um, so she broke up with me over the phone. My mom wasn't at home. I remember being in my mom's living room when I was broken up with, and I remember having a nervous breakdown crying on the living room floor. My mom eventually came home, found me on the living room floor and asked me what was going on. Um, I do believe my mom knew I was dating someone. She just didn't know that it was a girl. So I told her that my ex or my girlfriend at the time, and her name was Brittany, um, she broke up with me. And it, it shocked my mom, but she didn't say anything. She didn't console me. She didn't scold me. She didn't do anything. I was really expecting the worst. Um, but she left me on that living room floor, and she went into her bedroom. And she was in her bedroom for about maybe, gosh, maybe 30 minutes to an hour. And at that time, you know, I didn't think my mom cared about me one way or the other. So I'm pretty sure I got up, went into the bedroom, either read a book or turned some music on because that's what I was doing when I was 15 years old. Um, but after what seemed like a lifetime, after those 30 minutes or an hour, my mom came into the room and she sat on the side of my bed. And she told me, she was like, Quill, I don't understand your affliction. I don't understand, you know, you liking women. I don't understand because this is not how you were raised. And granted, you know, we weren't a super Christian family, but we were Christian enough. Um, but my mom said that she took that time in her room. She prayed. She asked God, why did he make me this way? And apparently God gave her an answer. And she told me, she was like, I don't understand it, but God made you this way. God made you in his image. And if he's willing to put you like this on this earth, and if he's willing to love you unconditionally, I can love you unconditionally too. And ever since that day, you know, we may not talk about, you know, oh, you know, what woman I like or, you know, like, oh, I like to dress masculine, things of that nature. But my mom has never been disrespectful of my lifestyle. I've been able to bring partners home. And as long as they, you know, treat me, as long as they don't treat me any badly, you know, any bad way, she's very respectful of it. And I'm so thankful because not everyone has that good support system um, around them. But that's just one of my many coming out stories. Uh, being an LGBT person, I feel like you're coming out all the time. I remember in high school coming out to my friends. I came out in band camp. Um, coming out to my family members at multiple family reunions. Um, I will say I'm very thankful to be one of the few that the majority of my family, with the exception of my father, has been very supportive of my orientation and of my lifestyle. And I just wanted to share my story because not everyone has those positive reinforcements. And that's what I love what we're doing here at the Journey of a Black Elephant podcast, because my story, those other stories, the history of the LGBT community is necessary. It's necessary for change. It's necessary for growth. And I'm just so proud of what we're doing here. Um, but once again, my name is Quill. I'm a producer here at the Journey of a Black Elephant podcast. Just wanted to share my story, share um, a little love to my fellow LGBT community. Let them know and let you all know that, that it's love. It's always going to be love. All right, guys, so that wraps up our LGBT love episode. And before we go for the week, I just want to remind everyone that love is love. 
and it should always be expressed, always be openly accepted in any way, shape or form. That is healthy. <laughs> Let me put that out there. That is healthy. I believe that, you know, we're in a very interesting time within our history. We're in a very interesting time of progression. And I think at this time, we should, you know, just accept people with open arms. Because at this point, especially in where we are in 2020, the only thing that's going to help us is love and unity. So I hope you guys have a great and wonderful week. I hope you guys manifest everything that you're looking for and hoping for in your lives. I hope you guys have a great week filled with positive and loving energy. And I hope each and every one of you comes back next week for the journey of a black elephant. We will be doing an episode called Blue Lives, Black Bodies. So please come and check that out. Also, if you haven't ordered your LGBT Journey of a Black Elephant t-shirt, you can still do that by going to the Journey of a Black Elephant Facebook page. And you can order the shirt there. Also, make sure you're following us on Facebook and Twitter. Again, the Journey of a Black Elephant is the Facebook. And for Twitter, it is the J-O-A-B-E podcast so make sure you guys are following those links and following us on social media and guys that is it for this episode and as always we do try to drop fridays at 12 sometimes that is not easy or the case but it'll always be updated on friday with a new episode and like i said guys i hope you have a great and amazing week and as always continue the journey i'll see you guys next week